Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Hey there, Russian Doll fans. We are talking about the final two episodes of Russian Doll, The Way Out and Ariadne. We're going to be talking about the episode, breaking it down, giving you guys our opinions on it, and a special segment that we like to call What the Hell is Happening, where we'll break down some theories as well. Stay tuned. We got a good show You're for you. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Hello, everybody. Welcome to AfterBuzz TV's after show for Netflix's Russian Doll. We are breaking down two episodes from Russian Doll, the final two episodes. Episodes 7 and 8, The Way Out and Ariadne. I am your host, Elena Jordan, and joining me today, the phenomenal Amy. Hey, I am very excited and very sad yeah. to be here at the finale. It's weird dying for the final time. It, I, You know, I feel Nadia's pain, or non-pain, I guess. I don't know if she <laughs> feels pain during these or not, but I feel her possible pain. Yeah. <laughs> I feel the pain of Amani not being here, but luckily that pain will be remedied soon because she's going to be joining us a little later on as well. Right so, here. yeah, she'll be right this there. Is, I'll just keep my hand here <laughs> until she's here, and then she'll slide in, and you'll be like, oh my gosh, it's yeah! magic. What timeline did she come Which from? Which would be nice, too, because Amani actually has not watched. She's been watching the show as we've been doing these after shows, so we'll get to get her true reveal moments as well. And, uh... All of her feedback on the show. So, yes. Want to know your feedback, though, not only on these last two episodes, but just on this series kind of as a whole, now that we're coming to the conclusion. Yeah, my goodness. Like, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, where do you start? But I think as a whole, I, I'm just so impressed by how surprised I was. I knew it was going to be different from the standard, like what you expect from Amy Poehler, or even what you expect from Natasha Leone, like, as. Of course, this character is so perfect for her, but I was just blown away by the layers of this show and how it continued to surprise me while it also continued to make me laugh up until the last scene. And then it had really heartwarming moments, too. The uh, One of my favorite ep- moments of the whole season was her with the guy, the old man outside of Alan's apartment, yeah. and him telling the story. In the, in the, was that the last episode or the second to last? Last one. That was the last one. Yeah. yeah. So I just think it's all of those little moments that they did so good with throughout the season, culminating to this, like, just freaking epic ending. I was so happy with it. I agree 100%. This this show just has so many layers to it. And every time you watch it, you find something new, mm-hmm. which is why this after show is almost a little daunting at times because there's so much that we want to talk about. <laughs> we also love hearing from you guys, too. So be sure to give us your comments. Uh, be sure to rate, subscribe, give us those thumbs up, those five stars. 
Uh, we love hearing from you guys. So definitely, especially with a show like this, because yeah. like I said, you know, I mean, like we created a whole segment around what yeah. the hell is happening Which and getting we'll, theories. So we'll be diving into pretty extensively too, because now that we have the full series, the full conclusion, we can kind of speculate a little bit more wildly, but contained. Yes. <laughs> More Wild focused. containment. Yeah, yes. you know, sounds like a good band name from 1991, which is when this series kicks off. Segway. Not even talking about the little scooters. An actual segway. What's Boom. up? Hey. Uh, so this opens Thanks, up with this flashback where we see uh, Nadia's mom, who does have. The Nadia hair that we see her reference before, the short, like, big red hair. And she's even telling Nadia, like, this is your mane. This is your, you know, this is, you need to make sure that you let your hair down. And we can tell that her mom isn't quite, you know, all all there. But she gives her the the line, you know, this is it, Nadia, the day that we get free. Yes. So we already know these last two episodes, like... It's coming. Yeah, and I mean, even from the name. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. The way out, immediately as soon as you see that, you're just like, oh shit. Like, yeah. what, <laughs> what, what is going to be happening in this one? And also, um, Chloe, I always butcher her last name, the actress, um, S- Savigny? Savigny. Savigny. I always butcher it. Um, I was so delighted to see that she was playing her mom in this. Man, can she rock she the red hair, great. too. great, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was really cool getting to to see her and getting to see little Nadia and to see kind of like where things kind of unhinged and where these things are kind of like creating demons for her now. Which is interesting, too, because we also see her kind of getting more control of the situation too. It immediately cuts from this flashback to we've talked a little bit in our, what the hell is happening section about the idea that this could be related to kind of computer simulations. And she kind of touches on that directly where, you know, Alan is saying, look, I I knew that this was purgatory. Like we're being punished. We're supposed to help each other. And this is it. And she's saying, look, this isn't good or bad. This is just a bug in the system. Like if a program was crashing, the crashing would be a symptom of the bug. So we just need to locate the bug and then find, you know, our deaths are the crashing. The moment that we were supposed to help each other, that's how we can fix the bug. And she goes into this whole tangent about time and morality being relative and relativity and the different dimensions, which I loved the rotting fruit finally being... Yes. called into play where she's saying you know look this you see a rotted orange in two dimensions it's a circle three dimensions it's a sphere fourth dimension we cut it time this proves that linear time as we know it has continued yeah so that was just a moment that did your head explode uh yeah <laughs> yeah it did um because i feel like it was one of those moments where not only 
is the story itself starting to make sense of why certain things are happening, but all those little things that they planted along the way, the rotting fruit that you're always like, what the hell is going on with that? Or like certain things disappearing and then reappearing and like all those different things that have to do with timeline elements all coming together, plus the element of her being in coding and knowing the kind of like science behind it all and it all coming together in that moment and Alan just being like, Oh, you're kind of smart. <laughs> yeah, I did love that too. And the unit test thing, where she's like, basically, look, we're gonna we're gonna run this program, aka we're gonna die, and then we're gonna see if it, rest- you know, this is worked for us so far. Let's see, <laughs> let's see what happens. Let's go for it. And then they end up going to what is now the nineteenth death. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and our nineteenth death brings us up to. When we have the no mirror scenario, still, there's yes. still no mirrors. And we, what's interesting, though, too, about this one in particular is that when she goes to the counter and uh, we have Maxine there, the chicken is also gone. Did you notice that? The chicken and the writing on the cake. Yes. Which, which, which left as first, well. the chicken or the egg? Which left first, the chicken or we the don't. writing on the cake? We, we don't, don't know. know. <laughs> no, what's really interesting, though, hello, Amani has joined us. Hey, hey everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now that we have this, this chicken that keeps coming into play, it's so interesting to me at this point that we kind of, this episode, get it wrapped up. We know that there's going to be something off with this chicken. Later on, we see, after you know, this death, the chicken disappearing, Later, after the next one, when they actually take Maxine and they go to the deli, Maxine actually exclaims, oh, this is so crazy, but this is where I bought the chicken, (laughs) was at the deli. And then later, the flashback, when she's saying, look, you know, you can't live on watermelon alone. The very first episode, she was buying watermelon, sliced watermelon, and then we have her talking about the chicken noodle soup. And then she's like, you know, chicken noodle soup it is. And so we see this idea of this chicken that we've kind of seen echoed throughout, like her choking on the chicken bone and like Mike showing up with his bucket of chicken and all of this. Every single detail has some sort of incorporation throughout. Yeah. Did you guys pick up on that? On all yeah. the like chicken stuff? Like it took me three <laughs> times ref- to realize that the chicken wasn't on the counter anymore after the 19th yeah. death. Yeah, I think everything, all the food, of course, even the food, bring in all the food too. Everything is gonna play out in the end, and the, I remember the watermelon early on. I was like, "That's an interesting choice for her, like for her snack." Yeah. You know, like everything we knew about her, I was like, "That's you know," but like it stood out in my mind for her character choice. And then all of a sudden, when her mom has freaking thirty watermelons in the back of her car, and then chopping it up later, I was like, "Oh my gosh, that the cottage cheese, her like eating oh. issues." Yeah, and then the chicken with like the through line there, like. It's so it's so stupid. It's so smart. It's so stupid. It's so I, I can't even say it's a black thing because they're not black. But I'm like watermelon and chicken. That's <laughs> just saying. I don't know where are they going with this. But yeah, it was just too much. Well, I love that it had like this whole aspect of like you know this the chicken being actual sustenance and the yeah. actual you know nutrition versus her mom who they said kind of gave her this eating disorder. And even later when we see her talking to me, when she's like, do you have any cottage cheese? And she's yeah. like, who eats cottage cheese? <laughs> right. You're like, oh, you legitimately eat that to maintain your figure. Like, that's because your mom has implanted this in your head. It's wow. just, it's so interesting to see all these tiny little scars mm-hmm. that pop up 
as Easter eggs throughout this this whole show. And yeah. again, we'll dive into some more a little later on with our theories. But whew. Mm. <laughs> now, talking about Maxine, aka the maker of the chicken. Sweet birthday, baby. <laughs> uh, this was interesting because after this 19th death is she's now saying, okay, look, I, people are disappearing now. There's less people here. Like, I can't leave you at the mercy of the time. God, you're going to come with me. Yeah. And Lizzie is just like super on board. Like she's all about it, mm-hmm. which we've kind of seen throughout. Like even when Lizzie is saying it's all about the asking the right person, like Lizzie's the one who's like, yeah, let's take the fire escape. Let's do it. Yeah. And Maxine is kind of the one that's trying to hold back one line that I didn't catch initially did you guys catch this when they walk outside when she's like, hey, does it feel like you maybe haven't been outside in a long time? And mm-hmm. Lizzie's like, no, I was outside on my way here. Maxine doesn't reply, but she goes, oh, I brought the wrong jacket. I never know what jacket to bring. It's a real problem in my life. Yeah. And it's like, because she isn't outside. Like, I'm like, she's cracking <laughs> the car. Wow. She, she's just stuck in the kitchen forever. Forever. <laughs> Poor Maxine. Poor Maxine, which we see after this asthma attack, and then now the 20th death, yeah. which oh. now there's even less people there, and they're like, okay, just grab it. Then, like, come on, we're going down the fire escape. Like, gotta go. Again, the comedic relief through that scene, the banter from Lizzie and yes. Maxine as they were walking outside. Yeah. I was, I was, I had, I had to rewind it because I was like, I'm probably missing things because I'm just laughing too much at this. <laughs> They're so good. Like, that whole dynamic is just, it's, oh, it's hilarious. Yeah. It's hard to play the exact same scene over and over and over and make it completely dynamic every time. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. Such a testament to these actresses. Like, yeah. Crushing, and I intentionally said actresses. I mean, actors too. The guys did well, but I like that it focuses on the ladies. Right. But let's be real. I'm just saying, you know, all lady after show here. We're just <laughs> um, but yeah, I True thought that. that this was just a really, really well done episode. We see that she's confronted with her past, literally. When she sees the young version of her, that's what triggers her asthma attack. When she sees the young version of her, that's what triggers her heart attack. And she's literally attacked by the idea of this confronting her past. Yeah, it started to turn into such a scary movie. I was just like, oh my gosh, she looks like the little girl from The Ring or something. Because little just kids are creepy. Yeah. Little kids are terrifying. <laughs> They're That's terrifying, crazy. like 100%. It's creepy. But especially yeah. when facing either your fears or your traumatic experiences that you don't want to face, those are scary. And I felt it. I'm like, oh my god, this has turned into a scary movie at this point. And then finally they get to now the 21st death, which is like, you've died 21 times. Like, jeez, man. There's nothing left. The house is empty. Like, every, her whole world is empty. It's just Maxine spinning around in the kitchen. And how creepy was that when she's like, Maxine, there's no one here. There's no party. I am the party. Yeah. And she's like, we gotta leave. I can't. And I'm like, oh! What a surreal scene from top to bottom of her walking out of there and the way that they did that shot just walking through the entire place, seeing it fully empty, and then just finding Maxine dancing by herself in the kitchen. I was just like, 
oh yeah like that was yeah. the moment that i was kind of like oh shit it's creepy like it's getting weird <laughs> like, what's going on so that was like yeah i'm like between the little kid and spinning maxine that has just become like this weird like ah. yeah. it was like, the, oh, when the little kid when she when she met up with um john's is it, is it john lucy at the end yeah yes so that that's the, the big one the final final death the 22nd death yes which is interesting too because if you go back and you watch the first episode the guy who has the lotto numbers and he's like mm-hmm. 14 23 21 no 22 they die 22 times exactly wow in the series Damn. so i'm like every little thing turns in. it's insane <laughs> wow but yeah that was the creepiest one because it's you know we see alan saying look this could be the final time like this could be the last time that we die and like this is for real we gotta stop like pissing around these deaths we can't just keep falling down the stairs over and over we gotta like focus up here i'm gonna try to make things right i need to go talk to b thank you for everything that you've done you've changed my lives lives are hard to change this whole epic speech and then she's saying you know i don't know how to make things better because my mom is dead and it's this reconciliation with your past when you you can't fully reconcile it so i love that she goes she gets that book she goes she talks to ruth which I did think was also interesting, too, that the daughter's name is Lucy, and Lucy Maud Montgomery is who wrote Emily of New Moon. And yeah, they, they made such a big deal out of that series mm-hmm. and, like, her being the author. And, oh, also yeah. Anne of Green Gables. Yeah. Like, they brought it up so many times. But they never say her name, and yeah. her name is Lucy, which <laughs> wow. is John's daughter's name. Wow. But that was so interesting <gasps> because, like I mentioned in the for the previous episodes, is that since she doesn't have her mother, she cannot go to her mother and make things right. That was her opportunity this whole time. She's been neglecting, you know, Lucy and just this whole interaction. So being that that was that moment in time for her to make things right there as like a a mother figure in a sense for this young girl. Yeah. You know, so I think that just related all around. That's so true. Because then then I also love the line, too, of um, I think it was Alan who said like how that Nadia is kind of stuck between past and present. Mm -hmm. And even that, like, both of them kind of are in a weird way. And her needing to go back to her past to figure that out. And then in the Mm -hmm. present, yeah, take on that role as being able to to help Lucy or whatever that may be. Yeah. Uh, The different timelines that she's experiencing kind of playing into Even when she gives the book, too, and she's like, this isn't a present. This is something that we share. And it's, like, almost like the double parallel of the word present, where it's like, this isn't just now. Like, we share this broken past. I acknowledge I am part of the reason that your current situation is broken. Because she played a big role in the dissolution of Lucy's dad's marriage with her father. So, I mean, her just willing to confront that and initially her not wanting to see her because she's like I could die in front of her and then that's exactly what happens while she's literally pulling a piece of mirror out of her and that creepy creepy line where she's like this is the day we get free like just yeah. Book ending. This yeah. was the creepiest episode to but me. But that this was, was like, so yeah. real though. That's what I'm saying. Like she she finally did what she needed to do. Yeah. Yes. And yep. that I feel like I don't know. I don't I don't know what happens when people die. You know, we don't we can't talk to them afterwards, or maybe we can. But I am wearing a know, Ouija board dress today, so there you go. Um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I anticipated this conversation. <laughs> Did we answer this already? Like, 
is this your third death? Well, I knew I was going to say this already. I'm like, yeah, all signs point to yes. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I it was just really interesting that she finally handled that situation for me. That was just so deep. And I, oh, what I was going to say about death is, I, I don't know, I feel like we die. It has something to do with something. If that makes sense. <laughs> well, we like, it has something to do with something. If I was to get hit by a car, like maybe I needed to get smacked to teach me something. I don't know, for the next life. Yeah, and I, well, that's, I think this show kind of touches on that too, really. Because, yeah. I mean, like she can't get to that next place. And even that is there for a reason, yeah. you know? So it's like, why are all these things happening to her? You know, like the whole basis of trying to figure out, you know, why the two of them, like even mm-hmm. when Alan was like, I'm a good guy, you know, Mike's a dick. Why is this happening to me? And she's like, yeah, why is it then? So it's yeah. uh, that, that kind of learning. theory is always coming up too. Yeah, learning. I did love in the next episode, Ariadne, which we'll discuss a little mm-hmm. bit too about the name Ariadne like that is earlier referenced as the legend of Ariadne was the game that Nadia created Ariadne the name comes from the Greek mythology she was the one who was the daughter of King Minos who was supposed to be in charge of the labyrinth to send the sacrifices and instead falls in love and kills the Minotaur instead and helps her lover escape and Whatever. They basically help each other escape this labyrinth that has been created. And we've been kind of speculating on the Ariadne and who is fulfilling that role. Which, Mm. it seems in this one, could really be both of them simultaneously. It even opens up with the Piano Concerto number 4 in G major playing over the Gotta Get Up. Yes. This, like, literally overlapped on top of each other kind of like when mike was talking about the overlapping of history and about like the different genres we literally hear this music overlap and we see the split with the fly that goes from one room into the next what were you guys thinking at that point when this opened the very very opening scenes of the last episode of the season i knew it was going to be something deep. <laughs> i'm just like dang i it's like they made it, but I know they didn't make it. Or maybe they did, which, yeah, I was just like, I know it's something. <laughs> something is happening right now, and I don't know if it's good or bad at this point. Like, it could be good. They could have made it. Or it could be <laughs> or bad. Or neutral, like she says with the bug. It could be, yeah. I, I kind of felt like I was like, oh, man, this is too good. We're getting a false victory. Yes. Well, so Nadia came back and being like, Everybody's back, like high fives, hugs She's all around. Happy. Yeah. I knew it. That's why I'm like, I don't know. It's too happy. <laughs> yeah, and then too just good cutting to back true. and forth. This was one yeah. that I had to like kind of map out to like seeing the two of them because it would jump back and forth mm-hmm. between Nadia and Alan. I do love that they had Maxine switch it up and throw a drink on her just so that yeah. they could switch her outfit and have it make sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she got so mad, too. That whole opening scene cracked me up. She was just like, they're just like, I love you so much. I love you, too. I got a split. <laughs> so good. But, I mean, it was perfect because it put her in this entirely different outfit that also was very reminiscent of, like, a 90s outfit with the big shoulder pads. And... Yeah, and smart, too. Again, props to... Um, whoever kind of devised this and then wardrobe on the show to have her to have that moment and then to have Lizzie's girl come up and put the scarf on Alan Alan. so that he has kind of the marker of, you know, which 
which timeline they're in. So props to props and yeah. costumes. Props to props. Props to props. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was absolutely genius to have. So we know which one is which very clearly. We know the the healed versions is what I'm going to call them mm-hmm. throughout because the healed. I like that. Yeah, because it's like they they, they're heal. coming to heal each other. Yeah, and then there's the ones that need to be healed, yeah. which. They keep interacting with this. I love too. Just when they're when she's scared to go down the stairs, mm-hmm. and Maxine is helping her, and then she's like, "Mike, good to see you." And he's like, "I'm on the phone." Good you're to still, see still a still dick. dick. <laughs> <laughs> Just like all of this episode was so perfectly devised that it because the previous episode was so heavy, this one had I think some of the levity of these comedic moments thrown in and peppered in a little bit more like Mm -hmm. as one-liners yeah i think that's where this show really shined because so often it's one or the other you Mm -hmm. know like someone tries to do this as a comedy and they don't get this deep they don't get this you know into all these different theories and storylines or the flip side they get really heavy into it and Mm -hmm. then they try to make a joke and it's just freaking terrible and (laughs) it just feels awkward and forced so i mean i think this is Probably one of the only examples I've seen of them really having such a strong balance. If anyone listening or watching, if you have any other recommendations that has like a similar breakdown to this, I mm-hmm. I was just blown away that they were both so good. Mm-hmm. I and kind of going into your what you mentioned was one of your favorite scenes as well is the scene outside with the mm-hmm. old man who earlier I'm like something's up with this old man too because when Alan is waiting for him so he can open the door and he's like there was a woman on the elevator and he's like women don't like to take the stairs yeah and I was like she doesn't like to take this what do you know old man (laughs) 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 and we see him at the top of the stairs like not letting her in and then again behind her and has the whole no smoking conversation Mm -hmm. (laughs) the line what are you a white walker I loved that. I was I had like, to pause on that one too. But you could see because he's somebody else who's broken, who has lost, lost his, his wife, wife, has yeah. kind of felt like he lost his purpose. And I, yeah, I love that that was incorporated. I thought that was pretty much a yeah. perfect scene to encapsulate exactly what you're talking about thematically with the yeah. show. How they can have these really deep moments and these kind of mystical elements that you completely accept. And then still have the humor thrown yeah. in. And I just so. love how she even was able to comfort him in a sense of saying, like, you know, mm-hmm. even, I don't remember exactly how she said it, but, like, she's in another life chilling somewhere. She had yeah. a Mai Tai yeah. and Fabio on the yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> It's like, don't make me jealous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fabio. But well, it's interesting, because that's how I see life, too. It's just, like, we're just... Multiverses, yeah. man. Multiverses, you know, split atoms and all of that stuff. So <laughs> I love that they threw that in to comfort him. It's cool getting to see her, too. Like, it's interesting that they wrote this character this way, and I think it has a lot to do with the Testament of Natasha Leone too, mm-hmm. that she can kind of, like fluidly just kind of like hang with anyone she yeah. sees horse on the street and is just like hey bud let's yeah. hang out she sees this old dude who's just sad and she like finds a way to console him you know like yeah. she's best buds with the with the deli guy from you know it's like yeah. she can just kind of like move in and out of but all you know what? i think that also has something to do with the lessons that she's learning because i mean she she is cool with the deli dude he <laughs> knows the cat he knows oatmeal and all of that <laughs> stuff but i think as she's you know, when she first died, I don't I don't remember her well, she remembered who Horse was from she remembered kind of, kind yeah, of knowing yeah. him. So I think it was just a matter of her like unfolding and learning more about herself and so then she was able to just 
go and teach other people yeah. some lessons. Yeah. In addition like to how this kind of world works, which we, interestingly enough, too, when we see Alan at the party while she's over at Alan's house, Alan is at her place mm-hmm. and the interaction with Lizzie where he's like, you know, oh, she wanted me to tell you about the Maltese puppies and she thinks she'd be a great mom and that whole scene, which I thought was really cute. Yeah. Yeah. But they even say, like, Jordana comes up and she's like, oh, they're out of cranberry seltzer. And they're like, oh, do you want to go to the deli? And it's just these little just tossed in moments and talking about horse. Like, horse played a huge role in this one as yes. well. Um, I thought it was really interesting when uh, she is talking about, like, you know, life is a nightmare. Being a person is a nightmare. That's why I love this little guy. That's why I love oatmeal. And he's like, oh, you think this is your cat? Which, you know, I think shows that it's there's more to oatmeal. Oatmeal keeps showing up at times and like disappearing we saw earlier like there's there's something up with this cat like i'm not saying it's a flurkin but i'm saying there's something up with this cat i thought maybe she was gonna die nine times i'm like okay i see the cat maybe a little something Uh, like 22 man 22 deaths so that theory has been wiped out a long time ago but i i thought the cat was like on some cat woman stuff but i think that's not true also too when he's like you know i want to cut your hair and she's like look we have time we finally have time and and then that line that he comes back with, with, I could really help you, you know, I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's so much more to Horace's character. There's clearly more. I'm glad you're bringing up Horace right now because it just made me remember. I, I know in this episode, too, when he mentions, when he calls her haircut. Yeah. And that wasn't in this timeline. That wasn't yeah. in mm-hmm. this. Mo- so, I mean, when he's just like, hey, haircut. I was like. Wow. Wait a minute. Well, he does Wait say at this point that he does say, like, yeah, that he wants to cut her hair. And then, yeah, it's yeah. all connected. Yeah. Did you guys notice, too, when um, Alan does, I mean, he is trying to stop Nadia or whatever and then gets kind of pulled over by horse, his whole scenario. The girl who stole his shoes was sitting next to him. She was yeah. out there and then also at the very end was standing next to him in the parade. So it's like, it seems like even that aspect was specifically placed. Yeah. They worked it out. He's got his boots again. Mm -hmm. He's good. (laughs) They just do so many things. I mean, on this, not particular to this episode, but even the three guys that we see later on in this episode that mirror the Wall Street guys from episode one. Did you guys notice those were the same actors that also are in the coding meeting and in the ambulance? And the guy who's saying his line about oh. the mom where he's like, hey, my mom loves me, is Bob, who starts the scene what? by saying, my mom loves me. It's literally just a, a representation of this male oppression that oh, could wow. take whatever form. It's literally the exact same three guys. Wow. Damn. See, I didn't notice that. I remember that whole scene. I was I kept listening to it because I was paying attention, obviously, to what was going on at first, like, around them. But mm-hmm. then I was like, oh, I wonder if they're doing, like, the pool and the pope, or the pope and the pool, where it's, like, a writing technique of, like, you're, list- you're not totally listening to something, but it's revealing something at the same time, but wow. it's being hidden. And so I was like, oh, I bet you they're doing it. And I thought I was all smart, and I rewound it. And I was like, nope, they're just talking about getting coke. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. So <laughs> They're like nitrous oxide and whatever. <laughs> but I love that because it seems like it is just these, it could be anybody. It's the same roles that are being filled. It's the same guys who say, no, there's a bug in your system. Yeah. There's something wrong with you. The guys in the ambulance, no, there's just something wrong with you. 
Wow. There's something wrong with your code. Oh, hey, what's, you know, like, what's your problem? What's wrong with you, lady? Like, we're just asking for directions to all these people trying to tell her that there's something wrong that is her fault. And then she immediately debunks it by saying, actually, it was Bob's issue in the code. Wow. Man, what, what if literally they just ran out of budget for background? <laughs> and they're like, Speaking you three, roles. do it again. <laughs> Everyone's this like, is confusing. Get back Major in. Major theory. And they're like, nah, we just <laughs> budget ran out. I mean, that could be the case, but the, the same message goes. So it's like. It wasn't a choice. Much yeah. like Alan yells to Mike, he's did the hole where the choice should be. Yes. No, yeah. I love, love that, that guy that brought comes back. back. Yeah, that like, he just yeah, circles back. And mm-hmm. then, I mean, of course, of course he's going to be angry with that, especially when he sends the picture to be and then basically blows up Mike's life. I'm glad that in this timeline, the one that sticks, Mike finally gets his. Yeah. And it's like, your kids hate you. I hate you. <laughs> like, it was nice seeing the gingerbread man go down. Yeah. Mm. Get burnt. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there. Hey. <laughs> um, but I, I love that we also see this Odessa restaurant that keeps making these big appearances like that's where she was going to meet up with lucy this is where we see that alan gets the idea to jump off the roof by pushing the fork off of the table that scene was so well done it was was like you could feel it 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 was like palpable yeah when you see him push that spoon off and just watch it hit the ground and then to see nadia's reaction to it too like oh it just it, it hurts to watch it and then so to good. see just how perfectly that is juxtaposed with the healed Alan trying to get Nadia back and using the exact amount from her college yeah. tuition to yeah. kind of spark her curiosity. Horse than we see, too, kind of. What is interesting about this, too, is that drunk Alan, when he's decided to give up all of his possessions, gives the ring to Horse, where Nadia gave the necklace to Horse. Wow. So it's like both of them give this jewelry that represents their past trauma away to Horse. Literally the things that regale them. And these other timelines, Horse is rich as hell. Yeah. Yeah. He's like getting medallions. He's getting gold. He's He's got Alan's shoes. (laughs) Poor Alan has no shoes at this point. His horse has them. Ah, I just, I love it. And that this whole thing is that when he comes and he's saying his whole speech to her, when he's like, metaphysically speaking, you and I are intrinsically and inexplicably linked. And I'm convinced that our true purpose is to connect with each other, if not to save each other's lives. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that that was basically a perfect encapsulation of the whole message of this show is even the legend of Ariadne, the game, he's saying it's an impossible thing because you only have one player. Yeah. This could only be accomplished by if it was a multiplayer game and then seeing these people having to work together. Yeah. <sighs> just that moment where he was just like, it's impo- you can't, this one person can't do it all themselves. Yeah. And then I think, yeah, that line in the deli really was perfect because I feel like it's everything that like we've been trying to say all season or like fans have been trying to say all season of just like trying to find that way to summarize it. And then he just did within that yeah. line. Yeah. Sure it was did. just absolutely beautiful. And just her saving him, too, with the story of the broken man and the girl in the loop. Mm-hmm. Andrew Dice Clay and the yes. girl from Brave had a yeah. baby. I thought that line was absolutely <laughs> brilliant. And just this scene of her feeling like she's failed walking on the roof and looking down and him walking up behind. Yeah, that was so heavy. Oh. It was just such a relief for me as yeah. well. Like, 
Wow. They saved each other. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I was a little sad that they were in different times at first. I'm like, they don't even know each yeah. other. They just went through all of this stuff and they don't know each other. And then to finally see, like, the purpose was for them to help each other. And they did. So yeah. it was just like, that was amazing. Man, I felt bad for Alan in that scenario, too. Because, like, her having to deal, like, Nadia dealing with, like, drunk Alan, fine. But, like, Alan having to deal with, like, non- Angry, <laughs> like, horny <laughs> Nadia. Like, it's my birthday, I'll bang who I want to. Uh, yes. It's like, okay. It's my birthday, I'll bang who I want to. <laughs> like, literally yelling raw dog in the store. It's like, <laughs> okay, well, there you go. But that beautiful mm-hmm. line, too, like, when he's... Like, do you promise if I don't jump that I'll be happy? And she's like, absolutely not. But I promise that you won't be alone. I promise that I'll be here. I was just like, Now, what did you guys think, though, the end here where we have Horse coming through and her grabbing the, um, the torch and seeing the two other Nadias walk by? And what we know is also healed Alan is somehow there because he's got the scarf around his neck. So it's the, mm-hmm. the two timelines together. How did you guys interpret that scene? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I took that. It's because I know at the end I was like, okay, yeah, like Alan is obviously the one who's like aware and that, the healed one. With Nadia, I kind of took it as her just kind of like that she's taking charge at this point of, I think it's a combination of a couple timelines. I think we're but it was seeing it, Nadia yeah. too because we have her in the white, the outfit that Maxine gives her after the splash. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that's kind of where they're leaving it open. Yeah. For season two, I think if they gave it more of like a, a finalized ending that was a little bit more clear, but instead it's her just charging forward, and we're not really sure, even though we know that they're in the healed scenario, like. Yeah. What, Again, like where and when this is happening now, too. right? Yeah, but it, it just felt like, um, even just with seeing Alan not jump, like that was a moment of relief, and for them to both sides just be happy and celebrating with one another, that was just like a, a happy moment for me, too. And then, horse, everyone's just like, yes. Yeah, party time, you know, it was just like. <laughs> The of course, of course. was great. Yeah, I think it lets us us kind of, like, walk away knowing that, like, they're kind of in control now and they're feeling good about where they're at, but Mm -hmm. they still don't necessarily have it cracked. Yeah. They have it cracked as far as they know, but that's why I think this is a really interesting ending because, yeah, it does leave on, like, a great note where you're just, like, excited. I was fist pumping at the end. Yeah. But... we still, still got more. Know. Yeah. And we still got more. <laughs> yes. So we still got to figure out what's up with horse. We still have to figure out so much. Well, what do you guys say that we dive into our special segment and try to figure out what the hell is happening? Yes. <laughs> 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 what the hell is happening? <laughs> so there are a lot of theories about what the hell is happening on this show. One that is actually kind of dark. Um, this came from Reddit. Uh, user Tempest Waffen Waffen said, In Russian Doll, Nadia and Alan are linked and die at the same time. We see this in later episodes. We also see that Alan is suicidal. I think that Alan figured out the Groundhog's Day situation much sooner than Nadia and attempted suicide many more times than he remembers or wants to let Nadia know. In episode two of Russian Doll, Nadia keeps trying to leave the party and keeps dying on the stairs. I believe this is due to Alan immediately going up to the roof of his building and jumping off to try to kill himself. Damn. So every time he wakes up, 
just trying to kill himself again, and that's her falling down the stairs. God, I mean, mm. that would make sense, because, like, and if, if it was, I would say I would go with that he doesn't remember it. He doesn't remember, Not yeah. that he isn't willing to tell I her. Repressed. I think it would be that he just really doesn't remember yeah. it. Isn't that intense? Damn. I'm like, oh, snap, wow. that could be right. Now, this one was one that I absolutely lost it because Natasha Leon uh, basically confirmed it on Twitter. So, Ooh, just a heads it? up, this is one <laughs> tell that... Me, tell me, Yeah, that I was kind of surprised about. Um, so, Jason Zanoma, who is one of the New York Times comedy, comedy columnists... Say that five times fast, uh, or twenty-two times fast. Um, <laughs> Look at you dropping bombs. It, there. Boom! What up? Uh, said that this is he believes a metaphor for the Tompkins Square riots of the late nineteen eighties, and this is actually a genius thing. This is in the late eighties. Um, basically, Tompkins, what they call the death of Bohemia, what many have said is the true death of Bohemia, happened when the police try to clear the park of the homeless. And it was this big gentrification project in 1991, Mm. which is the year that is her whole trauma is 1991 and her trying to reconcile, you know, the death to yuppie scum mentality of the, of this, that was kind of the riot cry. She gives up on her free spirit, bohemian mother to go live with her yuppie aunt Ruth. And it's almost her personal trauma mirrored in this, you know, they even had the line, like, you remember littering? And they say, remember Dinkins? And Dinkins was the one who cleared all the parks. Wow. For the, and every time that they have these big interactions, when she runs into Horse or when she runs into Alan, it's always in Tompkins Square. That it, Yeah, it's always no in the way. park there. Yeah, it's always in that park. Wow. So, and then this he's saying... Heavy stuff. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> and that he's also saying that, you know, you even look at how it's all styled like the 1990s. Even her game looks kind of like it's from the late 80s, early yeah. 90s. And mm. all of this, like... And uh, David Kale plays a drug dealer, too. And he was a performance artist who performed in the park in the late 1980s. And so this whole thing is that, like, to make peace with all of this is basically, like, the way that they give their things to horse and the way that they try to reconcile it's not just with each other, it's also with this homeless man. And they're not fully at peace until they have that full reconciliation. He tweeted this whole long thread. I definitely recommend going and checking it out. We'll also retweet it out for you guys if you want to see the whole thread. But... Natasha Leon was like, get this man out of our heads. Wow. Like, they just basically, they were like, holy shit, like, wow, like, nail on the head, like, just wow. basically confirmed he, he figured this out. And I mean, he all, needs to win something. Also, with that, I know, like, because during that era, too, in the early 90s in New York, part of the issue, not only amongst homeless, with them getting kicked out during those riots, was also the AIDS epidemic. Yeah. Mm. With the Bohemian, like, with that crowd. Rent was saying, literally written, yes. literally written about it, and Mike at the party was like, when he's being AIDS. a douche, was yeah. still talking about. It. He was like, AIDS. That's the reason it wiped out all the creative minds. And wow. even talking again about the bug, and then the bug in the system, and then the AIDS bug, and then circling back to the whole cockroach thing that we were like, why are cockroach. they stressing cockroach? But it's wow. saying you know you have to find the bug in the system. The bug was 
literally this bug that was these people who were being shunned and ostracized wow. and how it's all circles back to this trauma. This is so deep. Oh. I have to go read that. Isn't is it making your head? I need to go home and Isn't that down. nuts? <laughs> Isn't it just like, wow. It's just insane to me like that all of this oh. just ties together. And even in Emily of New Moon, Emily has an aunt named Ruth. Wow. We should we should have done this with whiskey. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, <laughs> woo. This is too much. Am I right? Am I right? Like, geez, there's so many theories. We love to hearing these theories from you guys. Do you guys have any predictions going into, or any theories going into potential future seasons? And now, your After Buzz TV. (laughs) The little dance. (laughs) The prediction dance. I I don't know that I have any predictions necessarily on actual storyline. I think key players are going to be Horse, Ruth, and Oatmeal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know that there's more to Ruth. I know that they've been dropping a lot of hints with her. She was such an important figure for Nadia growing up. Um, mm-hmm. Her constantly, you know, having the lines of there's someone in the neighborhood. There's that, you know, like her slowly starting to lose certain memories but like there's there's a lot to ruth that i think is still going to be uncovered and obviously horse and i just want more oatmeal because he has a cute little face i feel like oatmeal (laughs) for sure because i feel like oatmeal is just like yeah like how you say he's popping up but he's disappearing but everyone else has seemed to have like such a long role and scene whereas oatmeal is just like crawling like just little here and there so definitely um oatmeal is going to be like this key object animal person portal thing. some sort portal. of maybe even a portal because i mean that key. that door <laughs> i don't know yeah. i'm looking at this door here as if it's there <laughs> i don't know but even with that door something but horse for sure because like you said he does have the the pivotal objects from um, Nadia and Alan. So I want to so see. So horse, of course. Horse, horse, horse and course. oatmeal. And then we seen horse holding oatmeal. He's like, you think this cat is yours? <laughs> and oatmeal's like, yeah, I think so. Like, yeah. Yeah, I think there will definitely so. be, yeah, that they'll play key roles. I also think that they're going to keep playing with this idea of this feminine character then kind of the idea of femininity being kind of turned on its head and what it does mean to be a feminist because that I think they've really been tackling. Um, Hopefully this does get, they haven't announced if there's going to be continuous seasons, but they've said, the creators have said they intended it to be three seasons. Hopefully that will be the case. Yeah. Um, And a little bit of news. We don't have too much time here, but a little bit of news. Kind of going on that vein, uh, Natasha Leon was at South by Southwest um, talking a little bit about the show and about the creators and kind of the female energy behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really loved, um, there were a couple articles we were, we were pulling up before, um, and she was saying in her keynote speech, um, she basically said that the decision to hire women writers was not explicitly intentional. Um, basically that these women were just the best people for the job. Hello. Mm-hmm. Uh, we the so, best. <laughs> and that kind of like helped them turn this character into someone who could be really multidimensional mm-hmm. and really dig deep further into it. Um, and so she was saying, you know, that she further described Russian Doll as living reality and a story about failure. 
Um, I so I think she has a lot of really, really great insights, not only to the show itself, but just kind of in the general spirit of, yeah, like what femininity should look like, what writer's room should look like, what director, you know, like everything about the business. Um, so I thought that was a, a great read. So definitely check it out. She's a doll. A Russian she doll. Is. <laughs> you are on over there. <laughs> and you know, I gotta say real quick with oatmeal too, when you're talking about portals, cats are believed to be like keepers of the underworld. Oh, yes. well there you go. We'll leave you with that. I love that. Well, oh, guys, my. I hope that this show is back. Mostly because, well, one, I want to watch it, but I also want to hang out with you guys and hear all of your thoughts. In the meantime, where can everybody keep up with you guys? Hey, guys, you can find me on all social media platforms at Imani Ajax and at ImaniJTV.com, where I'm covering everything pop culture. Nice. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Maestri. And if you're a Saturday Night Live fan, you can check me out on Sundays whenever SNL is new for the SNL show here on AfterBuzz. Yes. And I'm Elena Jordan. You can find me on Twitter at Elena Jordan and on Instagram at Elena J. Jordan. And kind of talking about relativity and connection and all of this, I'm on a podcast, a sci-fi radio podcast, um, with one of the writers from Star Trek Next Generation, Lee Shackelford. And it's called Relativity. So you can check that out, Relativity Podcast. Com. The third season just started airing, so very cool. Yes. You can check us all out here at AfterBuzz TV again. Thank you guys so much for helping us be the ESPN of TV talk. We'll see you guys around. Bye. Our founder Kevin Undergaro and me Maria Menunos would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first; we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.